Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. It's my absolute pleasure to have Ken on the show. Um, Ken has a podcast that I was a guest on early part of, was it early part of last year? Like I think spring? so. Yeah, it was last spring, I believe. Last spring. And it was, um, for me personally, in terms of my journey to where I am today, it's the only time I've been that vulnerable and, and open. And Ken just consistently creates a beautiful space for people to share their stories in a very vulnerable way. Um, but when he and I met for lunch, I think it was last Dickens. I don't remember when I was in California and we met for lunch. Was it in the summer, summertime? Th- yeah, that was actually last summer. I think yeah. it was. It was in June, I think. Yeah, we, we, we met up and had some lunch together in the, in the summer. And uh, I had the opportunity to talk to him and find out a bit more about him as a person because the, the podcasts that he puts out, and I'm going to put a link to his podcast in the show notes so you guys can go and, and check it out. Uh, it's always him guiding and shepherding people to share their stories in a beautiful way. Uh, and I realized that the reason why he's able to do that is because he's had an experience within himself that brought him to a space where he can he can guide and create that space for others. And so I asked him if he'd be open to this being a space for him to do that. And he was open to it. And so it's with okay. great joy that I introduced Ken. So Ken, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and let the people know a bit more about you? Absolutely, man. Thank you for that intro. This is just so exciting for me. It's it's new being on on this side of things. It's kind of, I'm like, wow, this is what my guests must feel like. Um, um, yeah. So my my name is Ken, and um, I started the podcast back in 2018, and. For, for me, just a little bit of, of, of my background, I've always worked in in movement uh, and strength and conditioning, and had an amazing opportunity to to evolve my my skill set into the mental health space, and was given this incredible opportunity to work with a good friend of mine, whose name is Dr. Francisco Navarro, and he really was a, a significant mentor to me in terms of helping me realize. Um, what I had within me that I didn't really know or wasn't able to identify. You know, sometimes it takes the right person to believe in you before you can start to believe in yourself. Um, and I had an opportunity to come on board and, and join his practice in Pasadena as the director of wellness and help him to create a program that would integrate movement and mindfulness and, and mental health and neurofeedback and medication management into this cohesive treatment plan. For me, I, I knew nothing about mental health. You know, I, I went to Emerson College in Boston, private communication school, and I, I had creative ambitions as a young man. Mm-hmm. And what, what was fascinating for me entering the mental health space was really learning how I could use my creative instincts to connect with people. And, mm-hmm. and what I discovered was that I really enjoyed it. It, it wasn't something I, I foresaw for myself working in mental health. I always thought you had to go to school for years and you had to know by the time you were 18 that this was your path and study. But w- what really opened me up was just really accepting that my life journey and my experiences up until that point were were guiding me along this path and ultimately to the place where I arrived at today. And for me, it was really exciting because I experienced a lot of you know difficulty in my childhood and like to say sort of struggled in silence. I feel like all young men do to a certain extent, but I was able to use a lot of those lessons with the work that I do at the clinic to really connect with uh, with my patients and with my clients and with parents. And, and what I started to discover was that I really enjoyed it. Like I was actually able to connect with my sense of purpose pretty, pretty early on in life. I mean, I think I feel like it takes most people maybe a while. Some people find it sooner. But for me, I just remember feeling so rooted and grounded in the work that I was doing at the clinic and really use that as a springboard to create a creative platform for what the Own Your Truth podcast has become today. I remember distinctly the moment where I was like driving home, just sort of, uh, you know, convincing myself that I, that I was able to do this. And for years, I struggled with being 
sort of seen or hearing my voice <laughs> recorded, which is ironic, and played back and heard <laughs> over and over. I just, the sound of my own voice, and this is crazy, but I struggle with it for years. Like even in videos, wow. hearing myself, seeing myself. But, but I think the evolution of the podcast and really where all my, my background and experiences made all this come to fruition was I ultimately realized wh- wherever fear is, right? Like whatever's making me afraid or uncomfortable, that's exactly where I need to go. And I need to start asking myself, why? Like, what is it that makes me feel awkward about hearing my own voice or seeing myself on camera or sometimes even in photographs? So I just dug deeper into that space and long story short, the, both my work uh, at the clinic and as well as the podcast have become a natural evolution of, of my own deep work, as well as the way I, I'm able to give back to others. And now it's just become its own animal, man. Like, I love it. Like, both, obviously, the work <laughs> and the podcast is, as you can tell, I just love connecting with people. Mm. And just having authentic conversations because I feel like it's such a rarity these days, you know, to actually be able to connect with other human beings authentically and genuinely without being distracted by tasks and goals and things you want to do. And I just love how now with the podcast, I get to sit down with amazing people like you and just talk. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Our episode, honestly, and I've, I've told you this when we've met um, as well, like when I when you shared your story, that was a big part of the reason why I, I had the courage, gradually able to build up the courage of myself to be more vulnerable as well. So Beautiful. like you and, and the rest of my guests have been such a huge inspiration. So, And you've really had some amazing, you've really cultivated some really amazing guests. And I'm not that much of a social media, it's funny, I'm always on social media posting and I'm always putting out podcasts, but I, I actually have to set aside time every week to actually just sort of consume from for my own (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get that (laughs) or a lot of production going on but whenever i i I sit down and i I get a chance to to listen to your your conversations they're just they're just really relaxing and i think there's something to do with the tone of your voice as well it's really relaxing it's really it's just it's just a safe space and which is funny because going back to this thing about the the way that we do things now in the modern world, a lot of the time we're looking at everything being so digital and Mm. not as much in-person stuff, but for someone to be able to cultivate the safety in space that you do without Mm. even looking digitally, we're not even talking about video calls, we're talking about pure audio. Yeah. There's definitely, there's a gift there. And I'm, I'm just so glad that you get to, you get to share that with, with others. Oh, thank you for that. That actually means a lot, man. I mean, I, I've got a lot of feedback from both guests and, and even friends of mine in, in the industry. And they're like, dude, why don't you start like just videoing your podcast? <laughs> part, part of me is like, yeah, I could totally do that. But then I, I've had this like internal battle within me, which is like, wait, if I do that, I feel like that it's true. It's going to be a challenge for me to, to have my face out there while I'm talking and recording and doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I don't know if this is the right call, just sort of keeping it simple and just mm-hmm. pure audio mm-hmm. to let people's imaginations fill in the gaps. You know, yeah. there've been some really vulnerable moments, both with myself and my guests. And I feel like sometimes those moments I'm sure they will happen once the camera's rolling, but because mm-hmm. it's just audio, mm-hmm. you, you get to feel even more because you have to imagine within those quiet silences where you don't know what the other person is doing or thinking, like, mm-hmm. but you can still feel it, you yeah. know? And I think that's what makes it really special for me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think there's something to be said also um, for, for, for that, even like with the radio shows, the old school radio shows. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have to sort of dive in, and even reading a book, right? Versus yeah. watching a movie, you have to call, you build up the picture of them in your mind. And yeah. I remember um, some of, one of my favorite um, characters from history is Cosimo Medici um, from mm. uh, medieval Florence, and uh, I remember like I've been reading about him for so for so long, and gaining wisdom from the way that he approached life and how he did things. And I remember then they did a, a show about the family on Netflix, and I was like. 
<laughs> it's great to have a bit more texture right because obviously they did a lot of research to kind of get all the stories together and it um the medici family history really generally starts with cosimo but his dad actually planted the seeds for the um for the for the for the dynasty so there was a bit of that and some of the family members to follow on for whom the the, the, the history is a bit thin but it's still like ah but there was a purity there was a purity yeah, that's right? lost now <laughs> it's like it ruined it for me it's yeah. kind of like the people who like read game of thrones versus watch the series oh mate i'm one of those people i'm did one you, of those you people. read the books were you did you read them yeah and i was just like anyway yeah. for the i'm not going to ruin things but for people like me that have been waiting a decade Oh yeah, you know, for the next book, and it's like, dude, if this is where you're going with it, I don't even really, like, yeah. don't worry about it. Just, it's, yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's all done. It's all done. It's all dusted. So, I'm with you on that, brother. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, my friend. Um, my friend Samaya. Um, it's so funny. So my friend Samaya, uh, when it all ended, she was one of those people that was completely anti game of thrones and uh, she did a post on instagram when she was like i hope all you little people all you people with your little dragon show could <laughs> shut up now that it's been ruined for you i don't want to hear about it <laughs> but, like, thanks, yeah, Sam. Right. thanks sammy dude appreciate but, it <laughs> yeah, thanks thanks a lot well, anyway. but um so uh, i'd love to talk about your your process in terms of collect not collecting Mm -hmm. selecting connecting with like what is it that makes you feel like do you look for something because i mean there's there's a there's a variation of different people that come on the podcast with different different stuff different pieces is there a thread to it or is it just i connect with this person i'd love to chat with them and share this conversation with others that is a really that's a great question actually i've been in the beginning it was very deliberate Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I wanted to, and it started really with my friend um, Maritza Navarro, who's fascinating, where uh, the podcast was born out of curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, and just me wanting to dig deeper into those stories that, for legal reasons, I couldn't share what I was doing, you know, within the clinic um, due to HIPAA compliance. But mm-hmm. that was really because that's where all this was born, was that curiosity of like, there, there's basically there are modern day heroes mm-hmm. and, and warriors and people who survive a lot and experience things that we may never know about. And, and I wanted to use that narrative consistently throughout the podcast to really just highlight those hidden stories. And it started with me finding out about my friend Maritza's journey um, and how she struggled with anxiety and what she did to cope with it. And then I just looked at my circle of friends and colleagues and was like, who else do I need to know about? Like, what are those stories? Like it just, it opened this massive, like, I feel like I entered uh, like the matrix of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it sort of snowballed from there, but what's interesting is how it evolved. Right. Like mm-hmm. I think initially I started this with just to highlight the, the stories of people who struggled and, and, and learned from those lessons. And then what I realized was that it's, it's actually challenging. Like it's difficult to get people to share like, Hey, so you struggle with this and that cool. Like, look, let's talk about it. I want to know more about how you got through it. Um, so I, I started the process after I reached out to a couple friends, it evolved into having some people recommend guests after they were on the show. Like, got it. And that's how I got to the show. Yeah. Like it just evolved from there. But what's crazy is that for me, I had to let go and I, I did completely. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let go from here and mm. I'm going to let, I'm just going to trust that whoever is meant to be a guest next will be there. Some of it I do, absolutely, I do some legwork. Like I, I follow certain hashtags on Instagram that are mm-hmm. inspiring for me, like fathers and sons is a big one. Got it. Um, resiliency, family, connection. And every once in a while, there's there's a there's a post that grabs me or there's, there's a story or a video. But it's a combination of those two things, like organic growth and then me just being inspired by following stories that I'm interested in online. Mm. 
Okay. Well, that's a, it's great to have an yeah. insight into the process. <laughs> yeah, has, that's it, has there ever been a time when, um, when you just felt like throwing in the towel? Cause I, I know for me, um, it was right at the beginning, my very, very first episode. I was so excited. I'd done all this and it was just like a 12, was it a seven minute? I, my first episode was really short. It was me talking. Yeah. And, um, my Instagram following is a lot stronger now, but it was, it was still quite strong. I had a few thousand on there and, mm-hmm. you know, a couple, you know, a few Facebook friends and I'm in a few communities and stuff like that. And I had a little mailing list and I was like, yeah, the podcast is finally here. And yeah. <laughs> so many people are like, oh my God, I can't wait and blah, blah, blah. And 12 people listened to the episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like, wow, pick up some traction. Like, it's, it's like, <laughs> you know, um, a couple hundred people, a couple hundred people responded of their interest and excitement, and 12 people. <laughs> so it's like, 12, it's like, damn, really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, really? <laughs> I put in all this legwork, you know, <laughs> I, I feel that like profoundly because mm. for me, like. I'll be completely honest. Like, yes, there were several moments where I was like, why, why, why am I doing this? Like, like does anybody care? It's like, I'm like, what's the point? Like I'm not monetized. I'm not seeing an income from this. I, I yeah. work full time. Yeah. Like, more than full time at this point. Yeah. I, got a, I got a three and a half year old son. Oh yes. I got a wife. We're, we're just, we barely see each other. So I, I had to really dig deep to actually find my reasons, right? Mm. I think for me, my big why for the podcast was was that. It's like, let's let's play a game that in my own mind, this, this was my thought process. I was like, cool, let's assume I never monetize and never make a single dollar from the podcast. Am I cool with that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I was totally cool with that idea was because of some of the emails that would trickle in and some of the stories of people who were touched with an episode they heard or reaching out and sharing their stories and they never would have had. And in some cases, some of these people did their own family members don't know, but they felt safe enough to share some very personal and profound stories with me just because I had shared mine. And Mm. as I interviewed more and more guests and people who were, I mean, very successful in their own right, like CEOs, authors, innovators, people like yourself, especially, you know, I, I interviewed a Navy SEAL recently who talked about making it through, basically failing out of buds two or three times. And I'm like, how do I have the opportunity to connect with these people? I must be doing, <laughs> so, I must be doing something right where yes. if someone's willing to sit down and chat with me and share these incredible, valuable lessons, I have to listen and I have to share it. And then mm. the big part of the reason why I, I still am rooted and grounded in the work I do with the podcast and motivated to get more content out is because of those emails, man. And, and the people that are like, you, we're so glad that you're doing this. Keep it up. Like your work is valuable. And maybe I'll get one email every five months, but those emails are They're the ones that matter. Yeah. That it makes it worth it. You know, mm. Um, and I just, I like this idea of just putting goodness out there into the ether for someone to find when they need it most, you know, like that, that for me is, is really the big reason why I do it because the not knowing who we impact, I, I love that. I love that idea of knowing someone randomly in Ireland or New York could hear an episode and be like, ah, that's what I needed to hear today. You know, mm. um, hopefully that answers the no, that's beautiful. And I think there's something to be said there about um, when impact comes from the heart and without, I, I think those who have made the greatest, most meaningful impact mm. in life of people that have just chanced upon being impactful. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe they had a desire to do something special, but the level of impact came out of the blue. It's almost like... It, the universe is always seeking the most unexpected recipient of the blessing of being that impact. <laughs> yes. So honestly, man, that, yeah. that that's a beautiful way of explaining it. And that's it literally, that's what it feels like. Like mm. I just, uh, for the longest time, like what my biggest struggles in life have been just letting go, like letting go of control and trying to shape and manifest and create the reality for myself that I feel like I deserve and that I want. And just mm-hmm. at the end of the day, all we can do, I believe is just stay 
grounded in who we are, Mm -hmm. what's important to us and really know why, you know, Mm -hmm. like knowing the reasons for why we do things in life can, can alleviate so much of the noise that I think a lot of us struggle with myself included, like, but my job isn't easy. I take some days. I take a lot of it home with me and I have to try to not let it affect my state of mind. Like I want to be present for my son and my wife and my family. And I don't want to lose time. Does that make sense? Like, no, no, I get it completely. And I think the podcast helps me do that just to be present if, if nothing else, you know? So it's almost an opportunity for you to have a space for healing almost you could say like to balance out yeah Yeah. a healing space for you to balance it out honestly man absolutely and there have been moments where um i've had a really difficult challenging day right and i'll come home and i have no energy to prep the microphone and review my notes and set up the connection (laughs) and put my cat in the closet and hope he doesn't scratch it it's like i'm thinking like what am i doing i just worked a full day i have to pick up my son at daycare like in two hours i need to take a nap Mm -hmm. but then like I'll, i'll set up and i'll interview my guest and they will say something that just hits me and they're actually there's healing that happens completely unbeknownst to them like they're just they're being open and honest with me and i'm just providing a space for them to do that Mm. and in that exchange like i'm actually like i can actually feel my my cortisol levels just dropping down and just becoming relaxed and grounded again and that's that's, it's huge man that's really what the space has become for me as well i mean when when it comes down to um the vision Mm. of of how we can find healing. And I think this is one of the things I've, I've taken away from a lot of your conversations as well. It's the, mm. the variation. I remember there was a woman on there that was something to do with horses. This is ages ago. We're talking about, I don't know. Maybe oh, yeah, maybe it was, that would have been maybe Iggy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's uh, awesome. Very cool. And, and, and so many cool stories, just completely random. Yeah. I did not see that one coming and I I love that you're giving us an opportunity to connect with people's healing and the randomness of those paths and so although there is a healing that can happen you know secondhand through other people's experience it opens us up to some extent to having healing come to us in ways that we didn't even think were possible absolutely that makes sense That makes total sense. And to be honest with you, like I find people that maybe have a high profile or, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like their life is set. They're great, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And that can be the same to said about, you know, people obviously like Iggy who are supermodels and and artists and CEOs, like that for me is fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. Like this idea that you can be completely successful, have all the money and fame in the world, and there's still healing to be done. You know, mm. and I wanted to highlight the stories of people that struggle um, because we all do, man. Like we're, we're all human. Like if we're not struggling, then uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, if we're not, then we're not truly living, I think. Right. And, and I don't mean that in the sense that we all need to experience pain to grow. Um, I think it's just part of the human experience. And I think I love that unexpected, the, the twists and turns that people experience in life and are willing to share. Um, but I love that. Like my interview with Iggy was so great and, and unexpected. We actually met at an event and there was something I could just sense. Like we were sitting together in the theater and my wife and I had a screening and we were just chatting about, you know, her job. And I was like, cause she's a, a model and she also has a, a new platform now where she's doing more wellness and uh, connecting with more people online. And I could just get a sense right? That this person had a story to tell. Mm. And I think that's something that I learned from that moment. Like the old me would have just been, you know, super like shy. Like I don't want to invade this person's space. I don't want to disrupt their <laughs> evening, you know, <laughs> but what I found with, with the, the podcast and interviewing all these cool people like yourself is like, everyone's got a story, everyone. Mm. And the question is whether or not they have the courage to believe that it's worth sharing, you know? Yeah. I I discounted my own experience for years and was like, there's nothing, 
that I have of any worth or value to share or give, right? I need to go to school for more years to do that. <laughs> I need mm. to be a doctor or a, <laughs> a lawyer or someone who has the specific skill set and years of education. But I think the reality is life provides a lot for us to use to, to grow with, you know? And we could say that life is the most beautiful <laughs> experience yeah. that we can share with others, right? Um, yeah. uh, it sounds off, but I'm going to still give this analogy and some will get it and some might not, but here it is. It's just like Elon Musk. There's a, a meme out there with Elon Musk saying, I didn't go to Harvard, but everybody that works for me did. Yes. Right? I love that. <laughs> you, know, you know that that kind of adage or whatever. Is that, yeah, there's, there, there are traditional ways to find a path and to find uh, your way in the world. But there are people that went to Harvard and, you know, that was their path to success as they measure it for themselves. And there are those that didn't. And they yeah. found success as they measure it themselves. And I think there's something to be said for having the bravery to strike our own path and not be a slave to what other people, places and things say should be the way that we should, we should find up off, you know? Absolutely, man. Honestly. And I think just allowing to accept the fact that it, it may be nonlinear, you know, mm. like I think the biggest lie, a lot of kids are, or maybe all of us are told when we go to school, it's like, you know, you go to school, you go to college, graduate, get a job in the field that you studied for. But if that doesn't happen, then where I feel like there's this pressure to assume, oh, we automatically failed <laughs> mm. because we're doing something that is unrelated to the field of study. <laughs> <laughs> or if we left school or didn't get in at all and had to figure mm. out on our own, then we automatically failed. And I think for just having a flexible understanding of what what failure really is and what it means, and then mm. also what what does success mean like to you individually as a, as a person who has to define it throughout life. Like for me, success has a very different meaning now than it did 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy. It's like, it's like even so, so I don't know how many people, I don't know if I spoke about this before, but I actually got into um, one of the top, well, I got into Oxford University in England oh. to keep in college. I was accepted. I got, a, I got an offer mm. and things didn't work out. It just was a mess and I ended up losing my place um, and then found out months later that there was a whole grade scandal in 2002 in the UK where they, they downgraded everyone's papers deliberately. And so, yeah, oh, wow. so it was, it was a real, really horrific thing. And so, um, I'd actually, my path and the way that it all worked out was really hilarious because I ended up going, so I wanted to, I told my parents, you know, uh, this is horrible. I can't do this. I want to redo my A-levels and then reapply back to Oxford the next year. Mm. My parents, very strict pro-education African parents were like, no, you're going to pick a university now. And by the time I'd kind of got over it um, mm -hmm. and cried for a week uh, yeah. and went through something called clearing. So in the UK education system, well, at least 20 odd years ago, the system was that once everybody's been allocated their places that got the grades they were supposed to get for their college of choice, then whatever spaces were left were available on the clearing system. And you can go through a secondary round and apply to colleges that you didn't apply to before. Yeah. Because I actually, I got into all of my, all of my, so you get six choices and I think I got into all but one. Mm. Um, but apparently if you apply for either college, um, either Oxford or Cambridge, this university automatically rejects you anyway. So it was the, uh, it was the only one that I didn't get. Everyone else I got. But oh, wow. after the grade scandal, I ended up losing the grades to go to any of my choice universities. So I, I couldn't oh. get into any of my choice universities. And I went from, I mean, I got like full marks on my macroeconomics a-level paper, which is like your senior high. So yeah. like I got full, I, I was a, an A grade student. That's what I did. So I've never had a C on an exam in my entire life. There are a few Bs I've had, but they were generally in subjects that I was a week at. So my weak subjects were Bs. So when I got these results back and it was Ds, Es, Us and Cs, I was like, well, I've never experienced this ever. Something's wrong. So I managed to kind of scrape through. I had four A-levels. Most people had three, but I had four A-levels and two ASs. So I had a lot a lot of num a lot of qualifications. They weren't the gr the best grades. I had two Bs and two Cs, mm -hmm. whereas uh, I was predicted to get three As and a B or something like that in my papers. So 
I end up going to um, getting into so there's there's a in in the UK you've got polytechnics and you've got red brick universities. So polytechnics are they're new universities. So they were colleges before that converted into universities, whereas a red brick university has always been a university. So there's there's a difference in caliber between the two. And the only red brick uni that I can get into that had economics with finance, which is why I wanted to, to major in, was yeah. one that was called Hull. And I had a really horrible experience there. But the horrible experience was because I was really resentful about being there. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> I would be too, man. <laughs> it, became a, it became a living yeah. girl. And I didn't end up finishing. I did one year. I flunked my maths or was my statistics, I flunked one of my topics or something. And I, I took a year out and I, you know, I think it's 18 years later, I, I never took the, you know, and then I never finished my degree. But it's really funny because that sure. set me on the path <laughs> that yeah. led to everything because starting my business was a bit of an FU to the system. And then yeah. I did it wrong and obviously ended up paying the price for it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, so even that the arrogance and the refusal to accept help that Seriously. got me into trouble in the first place came from like having this real rebel nature, but I was a rebel without the chops, you know, so it ended up backfiring in the end, but backfiring. Yeah. But kind of forward firing because beyond intention came from that. Um, mm. Even I, I was into personal development and mindset work before, uh, before then I'd been into it for a couple of years. I'd started reading those types of books about the age of 15 or 16. Um, so that when people say you've been doing this for 20 years, I'm like, yeah, cause I started really young, but it was, um, it was all of those experiences that brought me beyond intention and then beyond, beyond intention now enables me to affect all of these people's lives. And I say all this to come back to this point that we never know Seriously. where the point of impact is going to come from. And my point of impact started that day that my grades came back and I didn't get to Oxford university. Because it would have been a very, very different path for me. I would have ended up in the city being a, being a city boy working as an investment banker, which was my original plan for life. Um, yeah. uh, my Asperger's, who knows if my Asperger's would have been diagnosed because it was actually when I was away that it was, it was caught by someone. So who knows if it would have been the case. And uh, the ability to have meaningful relationships with people now has come since I've been diagnosed and been able to, to find a way to deal with the world through my autism. And so yeah. even down to, you know, what my social situation would have been like and the relationships with my family members and the friends that I've got in my life now, all of that came from the day that that letter came through the post that said, hey, these are your grades. And so it's just fascinating how we can, yeah. we can think our stories don't mean anything and we can even think they have meaning and completely underestimate the power of the story, no matter what shadows that we walk through, because we never know. Honestly, and isn't that, that's so beautiful, man. I love that that is your story. Do you ever, just curious, do you, do you ever like in your own mind, go back and think, man, if I had gotten into that school, would my life be any different? You know, I often do that. I'm I do curious. completely. I do. Yeah. Especially when I start to, you know, when I, um, when I look at situations in my life now, yeah. like if, um, there's a problem with someone or, you know, someone leaves my life unexpectedly or something goes quote unquote wrong. I do go back. I go back and I say, well, that really did go very quote unquote wrong, but look where, mm. I, look where I ended up. Yeah. It went for us. Yeah. So that, and that's, that's for me, it's evidence for me to call on to have a very different relationship to experiences here in the now, you know, non-judgment of them and just recognizing that at this level of consciousness, there are limits to what we can see of the picture. We can't see all the pieces on the board at this level of consciousness. It's so true. And honestly, man, sometimes we need the universe to just disrupt for us, <laughs> to, to just raise our level of awareness. Like I think anger is a good thing and resentment can be too. I think we often dismiss them as like destructive emotions, but I think that's there. Sometimes we need that. You know, I think mm -hmm. I, that's why I realized like, especially now hearing your story, like I'm not going to argue with the universe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do I'm it. just going to trust like, that's it. <laughs> I think I always say to people, and, and this is one thing I'd love for the listeners to, to carry away um, from my side. It's surrender is most powerful when it's done with a, with a whole heart, right? A mm. wholehearted surrender. Mm. And it's not to negate that we have desires. And I have this conversation with people a lot of the time, um, this trade-off between uh, surrender and attention. Oh, you're trying to force outcomes, just surrender. Mm. Mm -hmm. And But for me, it's like, yeah, but you have desires and desires are 
there to be expressed. And when we express our desires as intentions, but then let go on how they're going to come forth, that's when we can have a different relationship to life because it's scientifically demonstrated that reality is in response to our observation. So we do have a say, but at this level of consciousness, we just can't plot things as beautifully or as perfectly as they can be. And so it's not for us to say the how, but it's for us to allow our desires to lovingly give us a direction on the what, and then to surrender and be open to something even better than what we desire to come through to us. Oh God, man, that is so beautiful and powerful. I needed to hear that today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. man. (laughs) Has there been any times when you've had a, a guest on and they said, I mean, I mean, I know you said that it was healing for you, but like, have there, have there been big shifts for you that have happened being on the other side of the mic when you've had guests on, especially when you, you didn't expect it? Like you thought, oh, this is going to be a cool conversation. And then you got slapped around the face with something that wasn't in your research. Oh, yeah. Oh, seriously, man. I would probably <laughs> say that, like I probably 60, maybe 70% of the episodes mm. where I'm just surprised. Mm. You know, and there have been moments where I'm just flat out crying on the other mm. side of the microphone. And I'm like, part of me is like, thank God these aren't like video recorded. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, just can't cry in all of his episodes. <laughs> like, I think there have been moments where just it hits me truly and profoundly in a, this like unexpected way where I did not expect them to share that that level of intimate detail about their struggles in their life. And some of these moments even happen off microphone, you know, mm. like in an email mm. um, or what we'll, we'll chat before the interview and, or maybe after. And it's just like it, it, allowing myself to, to just be surprised like that when it comes, it's so beautiful because mm. I, it, it helps me to actually just trust in the universe even more let go of my own attachment with any questions that i wanted to ask them there have been interviews flat out where i'll prep 10 questions and i get the opportunity to ask three (laughs) so that for me for the first 10 episodes i really struggled because i would feel like a failure at the end if i didn't get to get all my questions in and now my goal is to just let go Mm -hmm. uh, i'll write four like mm-hmm. must, must ask questions yeah and let the rest of the interview be guided by the guest like that mm. that because what i'm discovering is in those moments where i ask questions where i'm completely present and not focused on you know creating this clean segment of questioning to my next question that i have intended to ask <laughs> or i just let it flow that's when i get those moments and i'm just completely and beautifully blindsided and that's why I do this. Like every time I have one of those moments, it's so great and healing for actually for me and the guest in this unexpected way. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Expect the unexpected, let it go. And after four questions, we don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> We're just guided from there. And I think that's great. You know, um, it keeps it conversational. There's, um, there's something that you said just then I really want to, I want to, pull up on because it's been a topic of conversation I've seen sort of a little bit on my my social media feed recently and that's this thing about men expression expressing their emotions mm. um so I remember I was at uh, I was at an event in um in New York gosh I can't remember when I was at this event but there was a guy on the stage that was talking about his experience and how he'd gone to he now runs an organization that starts men's circles where he takes men especially ones that have been into traumatic experiences and they go basically and they just basically teach them how to open their heart and connect with their heart and love and he yeah. got a bit emotional and there was this big guy behind me that was like oh, this guy's such a pussy was he oh. he wants to turn turn men into women like what's he talking about Ugh. and was oh. like expressing his yeah. displeasure and he was looking at me to, to to back him up on what he was saying and I just shook yeah. my head and, 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 and turned back to the front because I think it's a great work that the man's doing. And, but in the same breath, I know a friend of mine went to an event in Bali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he went to this uh, sort of sacred masculinity event and the event organizers were like, now we're all going to get naked and we're going to hug each other. And um, <laughs> it was a wow. bit outside of my friend's comfort zone. And I was like, I don't know if I... I <laughs> necessarily feel the need to to nakedly hug (laughs) not because 
of any other reason other than I don't I don't really get the connection between the, yeah. the, the two things. But you know, cool, uh, that's a bit of a leap for me too. Be like, <laughs> I was just like, cool, how do I feel about that? I'm I'm cool with being vulnerable, but that <laughs> don't have to be naked. Next level, but I, I understand <laughs> the intention behind it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was something there, but <laughs> but but my point being that um, I think. The movement for vulnerability in men, it sometimes can come out of sync, just the same way that, and I may be shut down on this, I think that sometimes the movement for, 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 for female empowerment, I think, throws off the feminine as well. I think there's a beauty to pure masculine and feminine energy that doesn't just show up in men and women, by the way. It's mm. just what it is. But yeah. I think there's a beauty of honoring it in a natural state without forcing it to be something else. But in the same way, honoring that there should be a balance between the two. And I think mm. one of the things that we find as men is that things like being comfortable crying mm. is something that we don't normally talk about because it is associated with not being man enough. And I've had vulnerable share. I've had challenges with this at home a lot, actually. I think we're even talking about this today. Mm. That I don't always feel the space to be as vulnerable as I would like to be. Sure. Because uh, my other half comes from a culture where masculinity is is expressed in a very different way, mm-hmm. and therefore her relationship to how it's honoured and respected is is very different. Although she is doing work to be open to more ways, there are times when we have conversations, and she just tells me I'm being a little bitch. <laughs> it's like maybe <laughs> such a little bitch. It's like no, I'm just being vulnerable. Am I not allowed to do that here? So I just love your your thoughts on this whole idea of. Uh, the, the divine masculine type male vulnerability men crying conversation like where does ken stand on this that is a another great question man wow um for me personally i here's the way i look at it sure. right? like my lens on this has gotten really clear due to my own difficulties as a young man and my struggles so mm-hmm. i know firsthand and just speaking from my own experience the pain of not allowing that vulnerable side to show, mm. you know, um, reached some pretty dark moments in my own life that the only reason I got there was because it's entirely me, you know, it was my choice, but there is a need in my opinion. And just speaking from, from what I experienced, there is a need to, pr- to protect the, the image that mm-hmm. we, or well, it's me, that I portrayed as being the strong one. Like that was my whole identity. So I think anything outside of that was death for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there was no alternative to like letting that part of my identity die because I needed to maintain that to be who I was. Mm-hmm. Knowing, you know, having experienced pain at the level that I did, um, self-imposed, you know, I know how it can twist up the mind. And after a while, and this is, I think, where the, the root of world, the way I think about vulnerability comes from, if you hold on to something that's painful long enough, then the danger is that it becomes yours, right? Mm. So that there, you, you feel the need, or I felt the need to honor how long I struggled and suffered, because if I let that pain go, then all that time went to waste. And that's severely, it's not a healthy way to look at like healing and growth. And I think considering the fact that we physically release stress hormones when we cry, Mm -hmm. the natural inhibition of allowing this very natural physiological process to happen, uh, it's it's a common thing, you know? I've even... With with buddies at, at weddings, they're like, "Oh man, I hope you're not crying up there. Are you gonna cry, bro?" <laughs> you know, it's like there's this, there's almost this uh, need to hold it in, to to feel, you know, like you've got your emotions under control. But that sort of negates the whole point. And I think to summarize the way I feel about vulnerability and men expressing it, I, I look at the the the, the behavior I want to model for my son. Right? What do I want to mirror for him? Mm-hmm. Right. I've cried in front of my son. I've mm-hmm. had difficult arguments with, with the wifey in front of him and mm-hmm. went back to him. In some cases, there have been moments where the, both of us maybe have tears in our eyes, but we explained to him why we're arguing, mm-hmm. what the tears mean mm-hmm. so that he can actually have an image of understanding what vulnerability is. Because I think the biggest thing is men. It's the narrative consistently is if we have no 
behavior of vulnerability being mirrored back to us, then who is going to be that example for us to, to emulate later in life? Mm. I think the biggest thing that a lot of us can benefit from are examples out there of just real, truthful, honest vulnerability. You know, I, especially with the work that I do now and the work that I do with the podcast, I'm starting to coach people as well through this is Beautiful. vulnerability really is strength. Mm. You know, like that, that is our greatest strength that we can give the world and people in it. A lot of the difficult issues I've faced in my life have been because I've been afraid to be vulnerable and share. Um, that's the way I feel about it. I mean, just overall. <laughs> Vulnerability yeah. is strength. I love that. And I, I yeah. love that you're asking, the intention that you're bringing to everything is asking, how do I want to show up for my little boy? Like, uh, yeah. going back to this whole thing of making human when like you create life and then you're being the example for, for the child, you are literally creating that human through the, the environment that you're creating for them, which includes the example that we're setting. And so I think it's beautiful that you're saying, yeah, I want my son to understand that vulnerability is strength and not something to be suppressed and not, not something to be seen as a weakness. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have you. to. Thank mm. you, man. I mean, I look at that, like, you have a kid, everything changes. Like, mm. what, whatever's unresolved, <laughs> 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 whatever wounds have not been healed, <laughs> and, and it's the same is true with marriage, man. Like, it's just, we need to face who we are, just mm. own it. Um, and a lot of that, you know, our partners will bring up in us and our children will bring up within us and we need to just own what it is so we can address it, you know, and not feel ashamed either. I think that's the big thing, you know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Have you got any other nuggets you'd love to just conscious of the time? Have you got any, um, any other nuggets that you'd love to, to share with us from either your experience on the other side of the mic or even what you've learned from others? Cause I, I really think that, I want to encourage the listeners to go back and start digging. So Ken's descriptions, his podcast description, uh, the episode notes are very comprehensive. You can have a flick through um, and see which ones resonate with you. Um, guys, you know, no one is giving you this edict that you have to listen to every episode of every po- podcast <laughs> that we recommend to you, but yeah. allow yourself to be guided to what would serve you and what would nourish you by, by just taking a look. Because I can say that there I mean, you've had the opportunity to connect with Ken now. You can just see the kind of space that he creates with his guests. And I'm sure there'd be something for you to get. So I, I really want you to go through guys and have a look and just try one from start to finish um, and see how it is for you. See what it's like being in that space and see if it encourages you on some level to own your truth too. But um, but yeah, passing the mic back to you, Ken, is there mm-hmm. like anything that really jumps out not necessarily your top one but something that really jumps out that you would love to to have the listeners connect with yes um can i do like two sure um one of the big ones and this seems to be a recurring theme is just be present mm. you know like that this is something that i've struggled with and continue to do so you know mm-hmm. we, we very often in life spend so much time planning and strategizing our next growth phase or success or how we're going to get there. And that those things are important because we need to grow as humans. But really one of the big lessons I always take away from my guests and especially doing the podcast, there's this recurring theme of being mindful of the things that rob you of your present state awareness. You know, like when you're at home watching TV, just watch one screen. Mm-hmm. Don't check Instagram and watch TV and eat dinner and then, <laughs> and then answer a work email on your laptop. Like yeah. if you're in a room with four screens, just keep it to one. You know, mm-hmm. and when you're in a space with your partner or significant other and your mind is swimming about some terrible thing that happened at work, like just remember that this moment right now is your life. You know, Mm. stressful moments, and this is sort of a mantra that's helped me a lot, is like whatever stress is going on in your life right now, like this moment is not your life. It's, It's just a moment in your life, you know? And I think there's a distinction where we tend to make stress or anxiety or worries about the future very, very real and very big. And I think I realized like just, it's just a moment in your life, no matter how bad it is, 
this moment is not your life. It's just a moment in it. And I think that helps. That's helped a lot of my guests and me as well. Just work through and prioritize what's important. Like there's so much noise. The, the mm. modern day noise is profound. It just is, you know, um, even social noise with friends and family and expectations. I think the other big nugget I leave is just no know your truth like that's <laughs> so corny but like that that that's the rudder that that is your internal narrative that's the grounding tool mm. that will help you clarify what you really want versus what you think you want or what your parents want or what your significant other expects of you you know like really know at a very basic grounding level what kind of a human being you are and what you want to leave to the world you know, um, those would be my two biggest ones. And they're two very, very beautiful ones. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing them. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being present here with us. And yeah. uh, so I just, so guys, the quick share, uh, we were supposed to start the recording about 20 minutes before we did. And <laughs> it's I was all in, good. <laughs> my phone was like on do not disturb. And so the alarm didn't go off and I was in the middle of talking. And then I don't remember why I checked my phone, but I just didn't. I was like, oh, crap, look at the time. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm it's in a different time zone as well. Like I, 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 had it, I had it pegged for a time in my head. And All right. Time zone. So I wasn't even thinking so. It was <laughs> no just hilarious. So, but he still was able to, to make it work. So I was just really grateful for that and for his patience and understanding. Oh, man. Thank you. Honestly, man, this has just been such an honor. Like when you reached out to, to ask if I'd be interested, it was a big hell yes. Like, this is really great. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Own Your Truth, the podcast, it's on all major platforms? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Apple, on Spotify. You can uh, check us out at, um, on Instagram at Own Your Truth Podcast. Web Website's the same. And there's a link up there um, on the website where we can just hit some truth and connection. I'm now offering 30-minute free phone chats just to connect with people. Nice. So I look forward to hearing from more folks out there. Brilliant. And I encourage everyone to do that. And uh, we'll make sure that when we pop this on social media, we put the links to you on Instagram and, and everything as well. So people can connect and, and, and just get some of the goodness of what you're sharing. So really thankful for this opportunity, man. So grateful for you and the work you're doing as well. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Guys, uh, you've, you've, you've heard the conversation. You've, you've met the man go dive into own your truth. It's on all major platforms. Check out own your truth. Is it on your truth podcast.com or just on your truth? Yeah, it's uh, on the website. It's the website's ownyourtruthpodcast.com. And then yep. you can find it on Apple and Spotify. Uh, same thing, Own Your Truth Podcast. Brilliant. So yeah, guys, go ahead and, and check it out. Check out some of these. Just have a read. Pick one that resonates with you. Listen and, and tell me you're not going to be hooked. Uh, I'm sure you will be. Um, until next time, guys, uh, just keep dreaming with your eyes open. As always, encouraging you to deliberately choose the abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Feel free to join my Facebook group, my free Facebook group, dreamwithdan.com forward slash Facebook. Join in the conversation. Um, I do free stuff in there, challenges, and we did a masterclass a little while ago that was really cool. Um, it's all free. Um, I don't do the spammy Sally stuff. It's just a space to, to share and connect with you. Um, Ken, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Um, thank you so much for what you're doing. And thanks for giving me a space to own my truth and offer the most vulnerable interview I've ever done. I've not replicated it and still <laughs> hesitate when the opportunity comes in to, <laughs> just to be that of vulnerability in the past. But thank you. Really appreciate you. All the thank best you, and man. just have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks, you too, bro. appreciate you too. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.